Hello and welcome to another Sustainable Wine podcast. My name is Toby Webb and I'm delighted to be joined uh, from Argentina by a couple of esteemed colleagues who are going to tell us about what is happening in sustainability down in Argentina and particularly at Grupo Avenea. So joining me today is Juan Pablo Murguia and Andres Eduardo Valero from Grupo Avenea. But uh, Grupo Avenea is an organization you, you may or may not have heard of, but you've probably heard of one of their main brands. But I'll let Andres and Juan tell us about that. And let's do some quick introductions. So Andres, why don't you start? Just tell us uh, about yourself and what you do at Avenea, and then we'll hear from Juan. Andres. Oh, thank, thank you, Toby. It's nice to be here with you. Well, my name is Andres Valero. I am the sustainability leader at uh, Grupo Avenea. Great, thank you. Juan, what's your role with Avenir? Hi, Toby. Uh, it's a pleasure to be talking to you right now. Uh, well, my name is Juan Pablo Murgia. I'm the chief winemaker of Avenir Group. Uh, and we have brands involved in Avenir Group as Bodega Argento and Bodega Tronia. Uh, so, well, as, as a winemaker, I'm uh, involved very deep in all sustainability uh, factors. Uh, working together with, with Andres. Great, thanks. Well, I look forward to hearing some more detail about what sustainability looks like on the ground and in the ground in your vineyards. But Andres, why don't you start us off? Just tell us a bit about Avenea. Uh, many listeners may be familiar with your, your main brand. So tell us about how the two fit together and, and what the kind of global map looks like for Avenea. Mm. Thank you, Toby. Well, well regarding uh, Avenea, as uh, as, as you are recalling, we, we are holding different brands and different projects within the, the, the same umbrella. The most important or more well-known worldwide is Argento and all the different uh, line of brand of wines related to, to other Argento that is located uh, here in Mendoza in my pool in Cruz de Piedra with different vineyards located in, in the most recognized uh, winemaking areas here in, in Argentina. But we also include other projects and other wineries as Pacheco Pereda, Cuesta del Madero, and also our very interesting project of Otronia that is located on the south of, of Patagonia there in, in Chubut. Thanks. So um, you've got, you're selling all over the world, um, but Argentina is really coming up the agenda on sustainability in wine in, in general, I've noticed. I mean, we, we now have, have, of course, established the Sustainable Wine Roundtable with a number of members from, founding members, including Avenea from, from Argentina. And I really get the sense that there's a, a lot happening uh, in the sustainability space. It's becoming um, not necessarily competitive, but certainly uh, high profile. So, Andres, tell us what's changed in the last five or 10 years? Am I getting it right? Is sustainability really suddenly taking off? Or is it the fact that perhaps people like us are now just paying more attention? I think, as you say, Toby, in the last five years, we have a big momentum going on, sustainability here, especially in Mendoza. But I think that we have started working very long before as a, our commercial uh, camera that, that holds many of the wineries that export wine, uh, Bodegas de Argentina. We have been working on developing our regional sustainability protocol almost uh, 10 or 15 years ago. So we start working together because we understand uh, that we, we need to come together in order to create these kind of protocols. But, but 
also the different the difficult thing is how you implement it and how you get everyone in the in the business understanding what sustainability really really means beyond the the good environmental practice that you can do on on, on a one year so so i think that probably in, in the last uh, five or or two years uh, most of the people have started seeing the impact of climate change in a, in the way we produce and that that uh, added with the the consumer asking for more sustainable product have uh, raised the the awareness or the sustainability is not uh, nice to have as it was in the last five years but it's a must to have to to all the companies and I, and, I, and I'm, I'm happy that say that we from the beginning we have been working with this philosophy for and that make us easy to to get uh, along and to get up to date with where sustainability must be on, on the agenda of a, of a global wine company. And where do you see the opportunities uh, for your business here? Is it in promoting yourselves as the number one organic producer in Mendoza? I mean, organic is, after all, the most recognized term around sustainability in wine, although, of course, as we know, it only covers part of the, the value chain. No, I, I think, as, as you say, I think or, or organic is, is a standard that we, we have embraced uh, since the beginning. Juan Pablo can add more, more to that concept on how that affects the, the winemaking style that we are looking forward. But however, we understand that sustainability goes beyond that. Uh, and we have a whole sustainability management system in place uh, with other certification as the sustainability protocol of Bodegas de Argentina, some uh, food safety protocol as BRC. We are also fair trade certified for our own binders and our own wineries. And we also receive different uh, ethical trade audit as uh, SMETA, which is the SEDEX ethical trade uh, audit. And we also participate with all the self-assessment of the Argentinian Institute of Corporate, Corporate Social Responsibility. So, so I can say that sustainability go beyond that. What can you brand at the top end of the consumer? But it's important in our whole supply chain because I, we understand that as a competitive ad advantage in the face of our clients and our consumer, but also in, to generate an internal culture of being efficient uh, with the environment, with the natural resources we have. I think that will become a competitive advantage as resources become uh, scarce. Uh, I think Juan Pablo can add more to this organic concept of, of production. Yeah, Juan Pablo, please do. All right, so yes, uh, as Andres mentioned, uh, sustainability, it's, it's, a, it's a wide concept. It's, a, it, it's complex because you have to think about the whole process since the, you know, your chain supply, your logistical process after you sell the wines and all, all the internal process. Uh, but of course, I, I think organic management uh, of the vineyard, it's was our our key point. This is uh, where we started uh, thinking about being organic. Um, but the thing is, uh, I, I just want to come back a little bit, just a little bit of a little bit of our history as a, as as a sustainable company. Uh, it's I have to go back to 2010 when when we planted our vineyards because we have a lot of producers but we are producing our own grapes too. 
And when we decided to plant our vineyards, uh, we thought about a different concept of what we've been doing. And uh, it's about trying to go in a natural way in, in, in the vineyards uh, in order not only to be uh, more healthy, healthy uh, and sustainable and environmentally care, but, uh, but to be sustainable in, in the quality of the wines. And, and because we truly believe by those days, and we do now, that a healthier environment, especially, especially soil, soil is the key point here, to have a, a health soil, to, to care the soil and avoid synthesis products like herbicides, pesticides, uh, synthetic um, nutrients um, would um, preserve our soils. Because the soils, um, many people don't understand that soil, it's a, it's a living, uh, it's, 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 it's a living, you know, thing. Uh, some people think about soil as only minerals, only materials. But the thing is, inside the soil, we have a whole microorganism system uh, with bacteria, with fungus, with, with yeasts that are all the time living and processing organic material. And that helps to our root system, that it's the base of, the, of a vine and a, and a vineyard. Um, and they are always giving us more nutrients because they are processing all the natural organic parts that are on the soil. So if we keep them alive, if we care them, we're going to have a healthy soil, we're going to have a better root system, and, and we're, we're going to have a happier vine. So that is going to give us a better wine in terms, in terms of taste, in terms of flavors, in terms of longevity of the vineyard. When you go to a very, very old vineyard in Mendoza or any, any part in the world, that has 100 years, maybe more, that, that vineyard, for sure, it's being managed, maybe not in an organic way, but in a natural way, with traditional methods and not with, uh, you know, synthetic agrochemicals. So we did that way. Uh, and of course, then we have to, I don't know, have some protocols of that management. So we decided to follow the organic manual um, and it's about that. Uh, so uh, now we are pushing the organic movement uh, in our company and in the country, in Argentina. And we are seeing that more and more wineries are following that, that uh, organic movement. And of course, organic is part of sustainability. So uh, we are very, very happy to, to be, you know, leading this, this new era of, of organic produ production especially in wine. Thank you. You mentioned organic as a start of the journey. And I think that's really interesting because for many in the wine industry, there's this sort of dogmatic approach of, you know, organic is the destination, not the starting point. So where do you go now from starting with organic, as you have done in the last decade or so? What's next? Is it regenerative approaches? Is it biodynamic? Is it your own approach, what you call it sustainable based on international benchmarks and best practice? Really, really keen to hear how this concept is evolving for you. 
Well, uh, I think the answer of the next step of organic, that's where we started, is sustainability. Because as I said at the beginning, and I, I think Andres described it very well, sustainability is uh, it's a wide concept that includes uh, the vineyards, you know, the fields, the, the organic production, the industrial production, but includes uh, ethical treatment of your employees and of, of the community, because uh, we are not thinking only about our internal community in the company. We are thinking about the rest of the community. Uh, we are thinking about resources, uh, energy. We are thinking about economical sustainability because to be sustainable is not only to care about the resources, the natural resources, it's about to care the company. Uh, so it's, it's a very wide and complex concept. But uh, while well, you mentioned biodynamic uh, concept, uh, we are not doing right now, but uh, what well, we are thinking seriously to start some specific project uh, in that direction, because we really believe that it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome concept. And we, we are not going to apply to all our vineyards. It would be nice, but we, we have almost 400 hectares of, of organic, I, I say almost because we are 370 now, but we are growing because we have some uh, specific part of our vineyards that are going to get organic in the next month and in the next years. And we're gonna keep planting uh, until 2025. We have a very ambitious program to keep growing in organic uh, surface. And thinking about all these big, big surface in biodynamic would be a little bit hard but uh, I'm quite sure that we're going to start with, with smaller uh, vineyards for sure in, in, in the short term. Uh, I, I think, uh, sorry, Toby, adding to what Juan Pablo was, was saying, very interesting about sustainability. I think what we, he meant, uh, and also I think that we are trying to get these sustainability values, sustainability core to that to be the core of our business, to be the mission and the vision that we have as uh, as an organization. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting to say that despite any label that we may have for the practice we follow in one vineyard, the practice we follow to making one specific wine, I think that be beyond the most interesting thing is achieving this sustainability uh, as a core uh, part of our business. And as uh, Juan Pablo said, not looking just what we are doing, but what we are doing in regard to the communities we are in, what we are doing with the, when we buy wine, when we buy grapes to a, a small producer, how we are helping them to, to be developed. And in the long term, how we can uh, get this target that we have as a company, uh, be aligned with the sustainable development goal. And that's what we are working hard now to try to get this, the things that we are doing internally, how that they are affecting the, the global community, and that's what we are looking forward in in, in this year to, to to be able to communicate. Thank you. And let's talk about your ownership structure. Who who are your principal shareholders, and where do the, how do they see the the business case for sustainability developing? They see it, I assume, as a core strategic positioning for your overall brand. Is that right? 
Sorry, Toby. Can can you uh, well? I don't know if it's Andres or my question, but you can you go back a little bit because I, I didn't follow you. Well. Sure. I wanted to ask about the ownership of your company, um, the shareholders. What do they okay. want out of your sustainability strategy? They want to position the business as a twenty ah. first century sustainable wine group operating globally. Because I notice you also have vineyards in elsewhere in the southern hemisphere, although they are much less undervine. So I'm, I'm asking, you know, who are the shareholders and how do they see the business case for all this? Because if you're investing in, in in new irrigation techniques and you're investing in your communities, you know. We all know sustainability pays off in the long term, <laughs> but we also know there can be some capital expenditure in, in the short. So just curious as to what the, the owners of the business think about all this. Yes, I, I understand now. Well, um, th there is only one owner. Uh, it's, it's a family. So this is a family business. Uh, this, is, this is not less important. I think this really helped us in our vision. I have to say that Avinea is part of a worldwide group that belongs to one family. Uh, we are the, 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 the number one company in terms of sustainability because we are pushing it very, very hard. But uh, as a worldwide group, uh, the, the answer is sustainability is part of the mission and the vision of our company. It's written all, all, all around here in, in, in different uh, uh, you know, uh, market signals and sustainability. Sustainability is, is part of our DNA as, as a company and as a group. Um, and if, we'll, if, if you look at the different projects in, in Europe, in France, in Italy, uh, South Australia, United States, Uruguay, and Argentina, all the projects are organically designed um, I don't know, the Uruguay company, it's, well, they, they have leads, um, you know, uh, certifications. So they are going very, very uh, deep in, in, into natural resources. So as, as you ask, um, it's, a, it's a worldwide concept for all our companies. And of course, we, we, are, we, we are administrated independent but we all have the same concept to go in this, in this direction. Well, it's, uh, I think it's a natural direction because uh, well, it's, it's very simple what I'm going to say, but we have only one world, we have only one earth. And if we don't care about it, uh, we depend on the soil, we depend on the, on the fields, on the land. If we don't care about this and if we don't care about the people involved, and if we don't care about the sustainability of the business, uh, well, we're not we're not gonna be able to keep doing this in the future. So it's it's mandatory. Thank you. Yeah, I've heard some winemakers in high altitude regions say things like, you know, um, we're more worried about water shortages than we are about climate change. And I thought, no, you should be worried about both because yeah. one is probably causing the other. Um, yep. but, but clearly there's um, an increasing case, particularly where you are, and particularly Mendoza. I mean, there is um, significant water challenges. Just tell us a bit more about how you're, you're managing those and, and, uh, and what some of the results have been, because obviously water is a highly precious resource uh, where, you know, where you're making wines. Well, I, I, actually here, as, as you tell, in, in Mendoza, most uh, of 
the water available for, for agriculture in general depends on the high altitude mountains that we have, the Cordillera de los Andes, that is a natural barrier from the Pacific Ocean. So they are in the winter, you have some snow coming up and they melt in summer. And that's the water that our groundwater system and our surface system uh, gets available uh, in most of the, of the area because uh, we, most of the year we don't have rain enough that we can be considered a desert because of the amount of rain that we are, we are getting. And for the last 10, 10 years, we started to see this decrease on the amount of snow uh, on during the winters. So that means that you have less uh, water available for agriculture, but also we have a, a, a growing, a very thriving economy that when agriculture starts growing and different uh, the communities start growing, well, they start needing resources. So we have less water available and more people that, that need the water. Uh, saying that, that, well, we try to manage uh, water uh, in a way that we have a control irrigation, drip irrigation in most of our banyard and in the next year we will, have, will be 100% drip, drip irrigation. Uh, and that's the best way that we find to, to handle these resources, to measure humidity, to measure the, the condition of, of the leaves, to calculate how much water that we will need and irrigate depending on, on that variables and also calculate the water and have the kind of water budget annually that we can, we can say that we have in any offset or far, far from that. And also we do a water management in our vineyards, uh, I mean, in our wineries, uh, trying to reduce the, the ratio of amount of wine produced uh, and the water needed to, to clean the winery, to have the, the, the proper sense there. And finally, now we are starting to calculate our water footprint. So we will, by the end of the year, we will have a better understanding of our whole supply chain and how the, the, the rest of the supply chain beyond us are, are using water and try to work on that uh, as well. Great, thank you. I'm um, gonna, sure. I'm gonna add just a small concept, Toby, to, to the water administration. Um, all the vineyards that we planted, since 2010, as I mentioned before, uh, thinking about the organic concept. But we did uh, a very deep and intense research uh, before planting about the texture of the soil. I'm talking about um, 230 hectares in Alto Agrelo and 25 hectares in Altamira and 22 hectares in Ugarteche. All those vineyards were um, uh, scanned the soil and were subdivided in different specific blocks of an average of two hectares approximately. Um, and the difference of dif all the different um, size of, of uh, blocks are because they have a different kind of soil, different texture of soil. So we planted a specific rootstock and we have a specific and we do a, a special management to the different blocks but why the main the main difference is the way these soils uh, capture the water so we have sandy or stony soils where the water is going to go down faster and we have more lime or clay with high content of organic matter that is going to retain the water. So irrigation is completely different in the different blocks. So that's 
water management. And of course, as, I, as, as Andres said, we are using Shalander camera to measure the humidity of the leaves uh, in order to know if they need or, or, or they don't need water. But from the beginning, we have uh, all the different blocks with an independent irrigation operation bulb. So, so we can keep different, um, you know, schedule of water to the different blocks. And that's, uh, that's very, very, uh, well, technical. And we have a big investment there, but we can supply the water as we, as we want. And, 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 and that's, that's sustainability in terms of water. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sustainability is really brought to life in different parts of the world by practical examples when you're talking about land. Let's finish off then by talking a bit about your Otronia, Patagonia Extrema brand. I like the positioning. Um, before we started recording, Juan Pablo, you were telling me a bit about how you preserve the vines during unexpected temperature drops down in Patagonia. So tell us a bit about the operating environment down in, in Patagonia, what you're doing there and how sustainability kind of is brought to life by ways in which you keep the vines alive and, uh, and, and practice reducing inputs. So I'd love to hear a bit about that. Well, this is a, this is a, before talking about Otronia, we uh, just uh, want to point where the place is so you can understand what, what this project is about. This is parallel 4533 south. Um, this is even southern than New Zealand, so the southernmost vineyard in the world. Uh, this is a desert, very dry, uh, Patagonian steppe. Uh, and we have two, well, maybe three, but two main hard conditions. The first one is temperature. Of course, as, as most deserts, they can be very warm during day, but very cold during night. Of course, wintertime is very cold. So, um, of course, during the green cycle of the vine um, up to harvest, we have frozen, we have frost, uh, so we have to fight against this, this condition. Uh, of course, we are on the side of the Muster Lake, that is one of the largest lakes in, in Argentina. Um, so we have water from that lake, we have drip irrigation, so we are administrated very carefully of the water supply despite we have a lot of water there but uh, to find against uh, frost we we frost all our vineyard before the temperatures go down by freezing inside a by, by capture all the vegetal material inside a, a, a like a block of ice so we have zero celsius temperature inside the ice and outside we can be uh, less than that, that it's a deathly temperature, uh, you know, uh, below zero, it's deathly to the, to the cells of, of the leaves, of the roots, of the flowers and the clusters. So uh, that's the only way we can survive uh, up to summertime frosts, summertime frost. But uh, the second uh, factor that it's maybe more dangerous, I didn't mention you, Toby, but it's wind. At this part of the Argentina, Patagonian, the heart of Patagonia. Uh, this is Chubut province. Uh, we have a lot of wind. Uh, so we have to design uh, a protection system against wind that are trees curtains all over the property. So this 
these uh, these cartings reduce the wind speed. Um, and in in between time, we started different nets to help reduce the the wind average, the the, the wind speed. So uh, once you control this, uh, the wind starts to be your friend because it gets it gets all the the the, you know, the air very, very dry. So we are organic, you know, spontaneously organic because we don't have any disease because there is no humidity. There is, so it's, it's such a dry place that uh, it becomes very, very natural. So we are producing organic wines there as, well, Otron is, is part of Avinea Group. So we are following the same concept there. Uh, and of course, the, the, the end of the story are amazing wines with the very sharp acidity, with, with a very elegant and fine profile. Um, and well, I think sustainability is, is, is part of this project too. And, and in a very, very extreme place that we are not used to live like Mendoza, that it's you know easier because of the condition, but uh, we are very happy to be challenged by uh, by nature as as we are in in Atronia. thank you it sounds like a fascinating place fascinating place to visit i look forward to hearing more about i forgot to say that the wines are in sweden if you want to look into <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it's amazing how available wines can become and actually that was going to be a closing question for you both what are your overseas customers asking from you i mean obviously you have now this great story of Patagonia, you have your positioning as the number one organic producer uh, out of Mendoza. But um, South American wine can sometimes have a reputation for having unnecessarily heavy bottles. And as we know, with climate change, we're all under pressure to reduce glass weight. So I'm just wondering what the international customer conversation is. What is it that they want you to do that you need feel perhaps you need to do more of in the, in the coming years around sustainability? I, I think here uh, our strategy was to, despite having sustainable products, is to have our whole sustainability program supporting whatever the client may, may ask for us, but try to have this base of pillar of working with our people, with our community, in our process, with our clients and consumers, in our products, our value chains. We have developed more than, we are working on more than 20 sustainability topics from, as I say, water management uh, to inclusions and diversity in, in our workforce. And we have like 50 different in initiatives going on. Well, just to summarize, that's regard that we are uh, very flexible to certify the different certification regarding uh, social aspects of sustainability as fair trade or as ethic trade that generally in Europe, uh, they are working like really hard on, on the value chain that most of the retailers have there, especially, well, the, the, the Nordic monopolies that they ask that we must certify or, or have a way to prove our sustainability. And the way that we have to prove it is by this different certification that we are working. Uh, probably in Canada is also very advanced of what they are asking. Probably the, the country that work in a monopoly system or, or on handling the alcohol uh, are more clear on what they ask you for, for the buyers. Then retailers tend to uh, start asking us for different certification. 
but not as fixed on, on packaging yet, because I think that we need to understand that, as I told you, sustainability have very different aspects. Carbon footprint is one of them. And if we are very efficient working internally, our carbon footprint can be as competitive as anyone doing a, a different kind of logistic or on land logistic in Europe or in the in the US because most of our logistic to to travel this long list distance is by ship that is one of the most uh, efficient uh, so I think that what most of clients uh, or retailers or importers are, are asking for us is our, our due diligence around how we evaluate our providers and, and how we can prove it is there any certification that can prove it? And there is where we have these so many certification from the Bodegas Argentina sustainability protocol to fair trade and to food safety protocols. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's a great way to get started, I guess, and show your international customers your commitment is to get those certifications which are recognized by them. We, we're out of time for this podcast. We didn't even have time to, to delve into some of the other issues, the social and other community issues and diversity ones that I'd like to speak about next time. So let's schedule a, a follow-up podcast to talk about that because it's a, you know, you, there's some unique opportunities uh, down in, in Argentina on those issues. In the meantime, Juan Pablo Murguia and Andres Valero, thank you so much for sharing Grupo Avenir's journey so far. For listeners, have a, you can just go on Google and, and look for either Bodega Argento, which is the, the leading brand, or Google Grupo Avenea to have a look at the work they're doing. Uh, in the meantime, though, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today.